All right, Molly told me that my haze in the beginning of these podcasts is too intense, and it, like, blows the fuck out of the microphone, apparently, because I always start it with, like, hey! But that's bad. So, see, I just saw my waveform spike, and Molly's going to be upset and have to cut that when she sees this. So, sorry, Molly. I was Molly. hoping she'd keep all of this. I, 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 I hope so, too. So, I'll start. I'll start. Okay, you ready? So, hey! Welcome to Slashes and Spirits, a horror movie podcast. In this show, Kim and I show some of our favorite horror movies to AJ, who hated the genre until just recently. It's also tradition that we drink heavily throughout this process. I'm Aaron. I'm AJ. I'm Kim. Guys, you're going to be so proud of me. You ready? Yes. I didn't write that down beforehand. Wow. Yes. We're growing. Yes. Every time we're about to record and I go, wait, I need to write the intro down real quick. (laughs) So I remember what to say, but I didn't have to this time. Proud. I love that for you. I love that. It's growth. I'm better now than I was back then. (laughs) (laughs) These two to three weeks have really given you. Ten weeks ago? Fucking idiot. (laughs) Now? Fucking moron. I think we're getting better. I don't think I think Morin's worse than idiot. Yeah, that sounds a bit more harsh, you know. Yeah. You know what? That might just reflect a little bit of degradation here. <laughs> that might have been, <laughs> I might have gotten worse. <laughs> Self degradation. We love it. We don't judge kinks, you know. That's not, that's her thing. <laughs> P and degradation. You know, P and self <laughs> Molly was looking the other day for like highlights to pull or whatever. She was like talking about wanting to take good moments or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, oh God, the P moment's gonna be a moment we pull eventually." I know it. <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna be able it's to escape 100% that. It's hundred percent gonna pull. Like, I wish since I'm doing most of the PR, I wish we had clips so badly, but I don't want to spend the time to go find the funny moment and record it and all this stuff, so I haven't done it yet. So if Molly would like to participate in that, I'd be pleased. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do stuff eventually, and my shame will be shown to the world. The thing is, is I could, I, it couldn't be farther from the truth. I was just drunk and mm-hmm. dug a hole. That was just it. You know, I was just really I drunk, like and I dug a hole. I feel like farther than... The opposite of a pee kink is a poop kink, so... No, what? Those, those aren't two Whoa. ends of the spectrum. That's not how that works. See, if someone says, <laughs> I don't want to be peed on, I want that means like, oh, you like turds then. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You just said the far opposite of the truth, and I felt like the far opposite. I, I feel like the opposite of a pee kink would be like, I, I refuse to pee. I just, I just was terrified <laughs> Never too. Pee. Yeah, no, yeah, I, like kink of just holding your pee in. That's, oh, that's a kink. That's a King John Un, right? <laughs> no waste leaves his body because he's a perfect being. Same. Is that something that is said? Yeah, that's like actual North Korean propaganda. propaganda. Yeah, is that he he, wow. he doesn't? I think it's he even goes as far as to say he doesn't have an asshole. Wow. Because there's no need, you know. You know, I'm glad I don't live in North Korea. I know that's a hot take, but I was, I was, I felt the same way before I knew about the no asshole thing. If I'm being honest, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the breaking point. It wasn't like I was like pretty down with it until I found out he didn't have an asshole. I just feel like if anyone, like I don't know. Never mind. This is a bad far step to take. I'm not going. Yeah, we don't want North Korea to flag our shit. I don't want to have a fight. I want to have beef with North Korea. Dead ass. <laughs> I love Korea. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We love whoa. Korea. South Korea, 
you know, North Korea, you 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 do what you gotta do. I'm not gonna fuck with that shit. I'm too afraid of that. Um, I think that that's a bad take. I didn't think we were swearing allegiances here. I thought we were making some jokes. I know, but it's just like but... I, I'm I'm cool with shitting on North Korea. I don't feel like I need to put a disclaimer like. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say some stuff in this podcast that I know North Korea wouldn't let me say anyway. So I don't think it matters if we critique them. I think you read something that wasn't on a script. So North Korea is not okay with you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, why are we talking about North Korea? <laughs> it's all cool. It's, it, it, it's cool. It, it, as long as it's in the beginning. If we go in the middle, <laughs> it's going to be real bad. But if we get all I... the North Korea out now, it means we're probably going to have a pretty Koreanist podcast for the rest of the time. And, you know, Molly can always cut this out, which, you know. Absolutely. I, her call, but I'll support. Nope. <laughs> I'll support Molly's call on this. I like to think there are no cuts so far. Everything is... I like to think that there's never any cuts. No, sometimes we turn in, like, a two-hour podcast, and then I get the final <laughs> file, and it's, like, an hour 15. <laughs> As it <True>. should be. <laughs> no, whenever I see it, I'm comforted by it immensely. I'm never like, oh, a lot of shit got cut. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's probably way better that way. All right. Um, <laughs> back to the podcast, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm almost afraid to bring it up, but how is they live sitting with everybody? Oh, I forgot it existed. Same. And then in the middle of this movie, I was like, you know what? This movie's more entertaining than they live. Whoa, and I think that's, that's saying a lot. That is untrue, but okay. Mm. Um. <laughs> that is untrue. But we'll, we'll 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 leave it at that. Let's let's just uh, <laughs> see that in the review mirror. No more slander. Yeah, that was just it was intense last week. <laughs> was it really? I don't way. know if I was too much. I, no, it's, it's not that it was too much. It was just I think it was like there are movies that I would fully expect that reaction to. Like mm-hmm. it's not that like. Like there, are, like I didn't see that one coming. I think is what did it more than anything. Like no lines were crossed or anything. We're fine. It's just it's not what I expected from that one. Like at all. I thought that like I didn't believe me. I didn't think Kim would be jumping for joy. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think it, it was gonna rock Kim's world. But like it got it. Like I thought Willy's Wonderland was the bottom of the barrel, and that Kim would never forgive me for that. And then They Live came up, and I thought it was a softball, and I was like, whoa, fuck. <laughs> That that did not go well. I but, mean, it at least elicited a reaction for me. Whereas Willy's Wonderland, I I hated that. I didn't want to talk about it. I, I fucking hate that movie. I still think our Nicolas Cage um, commentary was really important and necessary. No, yeah, it's bad that I think that's like a highlight of the podcast, right? Like I thought that I was. Think it is too. <laughs> <laughs> it's my highlight. No, I had fun with Willy's Wonderland. Mm. I think The Strangers was when I it was like our best podcast, but. We can cut that. <laughs> this is not topic here. But the Strangers is one I left for. I was like, that was a balanced, like, good episode. It was a good movie. Yeah, Strangers it was rocked. A good movie. Uh, I was into it. Was it. I saw the Strangers in the same capacity I saw this movie. But I guess we haven't even said what that is yet. So should, should we go ahead and do that? It's in the title, whatever. Um, Kim, why don't you take it away from here? what we watched this week we watched terrifier uh-huh. <laughs> 2016 um streamed in 2018 so there's a bit of a date discrepancy depending on what you look online but regardless it was between those years 
streamed on Netflix. That's where I originally saw it. But I believe it was also on other streaming sites like Amazon Prime. But I could be wrong. Um, it's directed by Damien Leone. One of his only projects that he's really known for so far. It stars David Howard as Art the Clown. Samantha Scafati. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced her name. As Victoria. Catherine Corcoran as Dawn, and Jenna Cannell as Tara. And those are the probably the only ensemble besides one or two characters okay. that bald man. It's only um, like eight people we'll in this movie. We'll spend a lot of time on. Oh my god, no way. Every not. we spent a lot of time on everybody in this movie. Everyone in this movie <laughs> has a lot of screen time. <laughs> I mean, I can find bald man's name if you would um, like me to properly. Um, Puya Mo Moseni <laughs> is her name, um, and her name in the credits is Cat Lady. So we're oh, gonna refer to her as Cat Lady. Wait, there was no cats cat though; it was just there a was baby a doll. Okay. I think they just didn't want to put her as homeless woman. I think they just didn't want to give her that kind of like like that be her name. That you know title. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Which I, I guess I can kind of respect. She, she was immaculate for a homeless woman living in a ma- alley, though. <laughs> Um, spectacular. Better I, than mine. I believe the bald man was Gianno Carafelli, and I think his name is Steven. Could be wrong. I I'm I don't know what the bald man's name was, so I was looking <laughs> at the cast list, and I'm not quite sure which man this belongs to. Or it might be Michael Levy. I'm honestly not sure, bald man. I'm so sorry. Bald man, if you're out there, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> we support you here, bald man. You did great. Um, um. I, I I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> I can just agree with it. I can agree that he did a great job. <laughs> what, what are we drinking before we move forward? Okay, I have a speech about my drink. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Today is AJ's speech day. Anyways, um, so I had this whole bit in my head <laughs> on my drive here. And it was literally, like, I was going to get champagne and play into the whole, like, I'm a basic white girl, where I was going to be like, it's my birth month, so we're celebrating and I'm drinking champagne. And then I got to the grocery store, and this alcohol was just way cheaper, so I just gave up on the whole story. Anyways, I'm drinking absolute vodka soda. (laughs) Like a basic white girl. So it's pre-mixed like with soda? That's what it is? Yeah. It's like a pre... It's like... They have these new, like, canned mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen them. I've had some really good ones. The problem was, these were $5 for four of them, and I just couldn't give up on that deal. And so they're supposed to be lime and cucumber flavored, but they're just vodka sodas. Like, they don't taste like anything except for, like, soda water. Mm. So, they're Okay. I wouldn't endorse them, but if they would like to endorse me, I would love to get paid money to talk about how great they are. Thank you. Kim, she was saying more than she didn't enjoy them throughout the the movie. She's like, these things suck. These are the worst. She wants them to sponsor her. Now you're doing it. Now they can't sponsor her. It's over. You've exposed her. We're gonna get sponsorship someday. I just love how I just love how nice she was about it. Like she hated it throughout the whole movie, and then when she got put on the spot, she's like, "And I guess you know, I I, I like them kinda." (laughs) (laughs) She's sensitive. Like she doesn't want to hurt. Nice. She's nice. I'm a nice person. 
Kim, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Corona Refresca. We stopped oh up we like because Fourth of July. We're gonna get sponsored by them too because As she we drinks should. them every week. As we should. How many have you had? Two. Well, okay. I'm on okay. my second one. I'm on my second one. I'm on my second one, so I can't really judge. That's I fine. mean, these are just like really easy to drink. They're like fun drinks, and my roommate loves it. And Fourth of July is coming up, so we stocked up. And I I, it's really time. easy to just drink them. It's not one of those things you have to like eat with, but you could. Like, it's just a really fun drink, and it's in a can, so I feel very, very manly drinking my little refresca beer because <laughs> I usually drink my wine in my fancy wine glass. And it just feels really chill drinking out of a can. Different vibes, you know? Hmm. So if the can Aaron. if the can is manly, the fact that I have a glass that I have specifically for IPAs that's a special shape to, to keep my to drink it out of, is that is that not manly? Should I have drink it from the can to <laughs> <laughs> mess up here? Drink it straight from the tap. That's from, what I do. Oh shit. Yeah. That's the manliest. But I don't know who's searching for manliness as like an achievement right now <laughs> i'm trying to think of a joke but i, I just lost it entirely i guess i'm going over that <laughs> i don't know i don't know molly gets on me for that a lot like we'll, that you like we'll be like shopping for masks and she'll be like oh like look at this mask and i'll be like yeah it's just it's a little feminine you know and she's like what's wrong with what's wrong with that then i'm like i don't know it's just it's like it's kind of really like colorful it's got you know like it's like the i think one of the ones is like the birdie bots beans mask Mm. at universal i was like no i like it it's just it's a little it's a little feminine and she's like that's so stupid and and like she asked me to explain why and i'm like i i can't explain it i just no it's It's not it's just not your vibe yeah, yeah, it's not my vibe. Yeah, yeah. But it is weird that I have no way to, like, defend it, you know, other than just be like, oh, it's like a feminine. I don't want it. You know? yeah, I would just say it's not my vibe. It's not yeah. really my style or my aesthetic. Anyway, that was, like a, that. that was an interesting turn there for a second. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Aaron, what are you drinking? Um, I got Voodoo Ranger Juicy IPAs. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a speech about it? Because me and Kim gave speeches about ours. Um... I usually try to buy beers I haven't had before. Like, that's my goal. Hmm. But when I go to a place where I'm like, fuck, everything here either looks gross or I've had before, that that's like my go-to. And I think that's high praise. That is a high praise. It's like, praise. in the Good situation job. where I'm like familiar with everything, it's my go-to. So I guess it's not my favorite beer, but it's like my favorite easily accessible beer. So, okay, yeah, that's, that's my speech. What's I'll your favorite beer? Oh, fuck. Um, it's discontinued it's like seasonal but not every season <laughs> but it's a uh, okay. it's stone ghost hammer ipa oh is it an october thing yes yeah it is uh, but it's not i don't think it's every october if it comes back i will flip the fuck out and buy like six 12 packs but 15 yeah <laughs> just to have it hold me over but I, th- I did that last year but i didn't realize they were only good for like a month so like oh, a while God. in i was like oh, this tastes like shit now <laughs> I, I didn't realize why but yeah, that's I guess the boring history of <laughs> I think today's vibe is super conversational. Yeah, this is pretty. This is a pretty chill opening, I guess. I guess it's because we know we don't need to unpack a doozy of a plot here. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we should probably get to as we approach the uh, seventeen-minute mark here. We should probably start talking about Terrifier at some point, right? Um, or we could not. I, and, <laughs> <laughs> now now we go into uh 
we go into, I guess, AJ's overall opinion of the movie just real briefly, right? We, we might have just been able to leave it there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I did have the question, why did I come up with the idea of this podcast during this movie? What? I wondered why I came up with the idea oh, of this podcast. Oh, like, oh, oh. Why do I do this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this was one, to be fair, that, that you guys can vouch, because I, I said it here. Kim was like, let's watch Terrifier. And I was like, you're going to do that to AJ? That's like my first reply. Was, you're going to kill her. I'm not dead. And I wasn't, like, terrified. So there's something. This felt like a slasher. Didn't scare me. Mm-hmm. But was disgusting. I thought you were going to tap out for a brief second. Uh, you know, I thought about it. But... If I didn't tap out of Hereditary, hmm. I wasn't going to tap out of this movie. We've never discussed a tap out. That's yeah. like that's like. Uh, Am like, I allowed one? Yeah, I I'm, think I'm not. I'm not no. gonna. I I want to say no, but I also don't want to force you to watch something that's making you so upset you actually want to stop because you've been through some shit. And if you were to get to something <laughs> that you're like, no, this is it, I'd be like, I don't know. We've pushed her pretty far. <laughs> like, I don't think so. I don't think we pushed far enough. This is right. this is almost That's... at like my limits of not being like actually upset. Really? Um, yeah, I'm not a super intense gore guy. This, uh, if it weren't like I said, if it weren't for art and like people were yeah. just dying this way by like someone in a hoodie or even in like yeah. a saw sense, I wouldn't enjoy it half as much. Like if some if someone's mm-hmm. in a death trap and saw and like they died in the exact same way they died in one of these movies, I would like it less in the saw way. Huh. Interesting. Unless it was like pig mask or whatever, because like mm. I can be like familiar with that. I guess I'm, I'm saying uh, the, most of these wait. No one got killed via like contraption, so it's a hard comparison yeah, yeah. to make. But like, I guess you could mean it's like the same level of gore. You know, like it could be shown. But um, Kim, did you want to? Did you kind of go over why you chose this movie? I think you went over like the directors and stuff. But like, yeah, what do you like no. about this movie? I haven't gone over why I chose it. And funny you mentioned Saw. I mean, I I am a gore fan for the most part. I love gore movies. So I wanted kind of a baseline movie. So when I pitch other gore movies, we have something to work with and something to contrast with in terms of budgeting and plot. Because I think low budget movies like this one that stream on streaming sites like Netflix are ones that are not typically talked about and raved about critic-wise and like Rotten Tomato-wise, like scores, a lot of limitations. And when we get to movies like Saw that have bigger budgets, um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what budgeting does when it comes to horror films. But also the fact that you don't need a big budget to make an entertaining movie. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I personally love about Netflix horror, or like Hulu horror, like whatever streaming site. Low-budget movies can have really great quality and be really entertaining. And I think this, in my opinion, is a really great example of that. I watched this movie when it came out in 2018 on Halloween because it came out in October. um, Or at least it was on Netflix in October. And I watched it and I absolutely had a blast. And I showed this to my friends on Halloween because it was still available the week of Halloween. And it was such a great movie to just, like, chill with watch get grossed out be freaked out and then move on like it's it's one of those movies i feel like it's an introduction to gore when you get to the harder stuff if that's something that you're interested in so i thought this was a great movie what to kind of tiptoe in this movie i'm sorry i just 
can't imagine something that's harder than this movie. Hostile. Like, Serbian yeah, but, film. Ho- Cannibal but, Holocaust. There's so many. A lot of the stuff that's worse than this, though, is like the gore is like the feature of the movie. And I think you could argue the gore is the feature of this movie, too. But it's also still like a character piece. Like, Hostel is not a character piece. That's just people getting absolutely grinded up into little bits for, like, no... I mean, there's a reasoning, but no particular reason, you know? Whereas in this yeah. one, this one at least has, like, a mascot. It's a it's a slasher film be- with its I- iconic character, and that's what, like, kind of separates it from just, like, a straight-up gore film. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of subgenres in gore, too, that I have noted, mm-hmm. because and- there's a lot of movies in this that vary in quality and also in context like what it's a purposely about it's not all just torture there's a lot of different subgenres um that exist in gore horror would you consider um the ruins gore horror yes to an extent i would consider it in like the splatter genre more so than torture i think Mm -hmm. um because it it kind of has the same elements as this one has where it's just kind of disgusting and there's like not well there is amputation but things like that where there's just like straight up body modification and things like that that are just hard to really stomach and i think that's the point of splatter films as a subgenre. so i i think i technically would it's not at the same level as torture films which is what hostel and saw are that's another subgenre of gore where that's just people getting tortured and you're just watching it for a few minutes and then yeah. there's like cannibal films, and then there's the extreme films. So there's many different levels of gore, and it kind of depends on what your taste is. This one I feel like is definitely a splatter film, and it's kind of like low level to medium, depending on your um, like what you're interested in, what you're used to watching. But there, there is a lot of other films that, like Hills Have Eyes, for example, would be a cannibal film, as would Green Inferno. And Human Centipede is another movie that would technically be considered an extreme film. So it kind of depends on, like, there's a wide range that falls under gore. Yeah. No, I, okay. I get that. I don't often wish that we were a visual podcast, but right then, listening to Kim tell <laughs> Sorry. it all, and my facial, like, I wish people could have seen my face as you just described these different types of movies, because I was horrified. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen movies from each of these subgenres, and some I like. Extreme films, in my opinion, are not my taste. That's where I draw the line personally. I, I didn't really like any of the concepts and or visuals in those scenes, so I personally don't watch extreme films. Cannibal, Splatter, say... and Torture, I, I do watch, and sometimes I have found films that I really like. Um, but again, in each of these, there are hard films that I feel like might cross lines that I personally just find distasteful sometimes. But I think this movie is a really soft version. I, I, I don't think this movie was that bad. But again, I mean, I've seen a bit more of the harder stuff in comparison. So I'm probably a little bit biased in saying that, which is fair. I, I considered this movie extreme, but seeing it a second time and like knowing some of the, the big stingers. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely made it seem less extreme to me, but I, 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 I'm not sure I'd say soft to medium. I, I'd say it's certainly like high end to medium, pushing high, you know. But that's just that's just me. Yeah, it depends on like what you've seen and what you yeah. consider I mean, hard. Once you and, get like... to like Cannibal Holocaust and shit, that's well <laughs> outside the realm of like average movie watcher. I mean, like yeah. so is Terrifier, but Terrifier is <laughs> still at least like a horror movie that you can find on Netflix. Like Cannibal Holocaust is more of like a like a genre hobbyist film at that point you know like that's 
I wouldn't recommend anyone sit down and watch Cannibal Holocaust and have a good time, but I could recommend some people Terrifier potentially, you know? Yeah, that's a pretty hard movie with a lot of... It was interesting. <laughs> you watch it I've almost it. for its historical significance is what I feel like. Like it. Yeah, um, definitely. I know it's a controversial film, so when I watched it, I was, I was peaked. Um, and like I said, like cannibal films like that, like if you want to basically see what cannibal Holocaust is about without actually watching it, Great Inferno is a good version of it. That's essentially very similar in context and plot. There's a few differences, obviously, in why they're so one's more extreme than the other, obviously, but it, it, it is about cannibalism, a cannibalistic tribe. So it definitely is not for everyone. So to me, those are more extreme movies. And therefore, when I watch things like Saw and this one, I like, I laugh, I giggle. This is kind of like a chill movie to me. Like, I can eat, drink, and have fun watching movies like this. Whereas, if I'm watching Cannibal Holocaust, I'm a little bit disgusted. Not that I watch that one that often, but um, things like that where I'm like, that's not really something I find full enjoyment in. Whereas these, I'm like, hey, let's watch something, let's watch something crazy. Let's get some good vibes. Put on, <laughs> put on Terrifier. Put on Saw. And I'll watch that, and I, I really enjoy it. So I kind of did want to put some of the Saw movies in this as well, because I, I, I like Saw. Um, I feel like I need to see Saw. And definitely going like to pitch Saw the first one. one. I like Saw yeah. 1. I will absolutely sit through Saw 1 and call it genius. I will. I, uh, that was the movie that I was going to pitch in comparison to this one, because I, I think there are a lot of really cool things about Saw that this movie doesn't do, but also there's a lot of really cool things this movie does that movies like Saw don't do. And I'll kind of touch on that a little bit when we get more into, like, the at the end of the plot, so I won't be spoiling anything. But essentially, like, the simplicity of low-budget movies is sometimes much better than the complexity of big-budget movies in terms of entertainment, in my opinion. But that's why I chose it. <laughs> I talked for way too long, but that's why I chose it. <laughs> I'm a, little, I'm a little scared of Kim sometimes, AJ. I'm, I'm also scared of Kim. But then she, I think about the fact that all I have to do is tell her a ghost story and she'll try to sleep in my room with me, so then it's fine. Oh, it's trying to hold your hand while you're sleeping. Oh my god. Uh, also, Kim owns a copy of The Descent, but doesn't have anything to play it on. And that's just stuck with me for so long. That's The, the Strangers. That. I own The oh, Strangers. Oh, The Strangers. That's what, it yeah. was. that's what it was. Yeah, that sticks with me. That's, that's fucking hysterical. <laughs> I really, really like that movie. <laughs> um, man, I was watching a video on how shit The Strangers Two is, and I was I felt terrible about it. I was like, that sucks because it's a bad movie. Kind of slaps. Um, yeah. I'm so stuck Strangers. on the mention of human centipede because I watched a video about it when I was like 12, and I think it's traumatized me because even thinking about that movie again, I'm like, oh my god, that's so disgusting. I can't handle it. I I think the the first human centipede as like a concept film is absolutely disgusting, but it's at least like a movie with a plot. Uh, the second one, every copy of that should be burned. Every copy of the it? human centipede two should be burned. Uh, no one should ever see the human centipede two. And if I met the person that made it, I would probably hit them. It is just the most foul piece of media I've ever seen in my life. And it's it's atrocious. I have the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. So that's what we're watching next week. Right? <laughs> I, I would actually probably refuse. Like, I, I would, I would I'm not. I'm we have boundaries. I would not sit through the Human Centipede 2 again. I don't think I would sit through the Human Centipede, so. I, 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 I'll eat, there, anyway, I. I want to describe a disgusting scene, but I I'm, I'm, I don't at the same time. Um, uh, Let's get into 
into this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't like this movie. <laughs> um, I will it's say. Six, okay. I will say that the first hour of this movie is damn near unwatchable. But the last half hour, it gets going. <laughs> it actually has some things going for it, in my opinion. But I that first hour was rough, in my opinion. It's just... Um, I, 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 there's a good Strangers comparison that I want to bring up later, where um, I think the Strangers does similar things in much better ways. But I cannot deny that art is beautifully performed and the and the actor that does art is what sells this movie if it wasn't for the charm that art gave this movie it would be atrocious but uh he really saves the movie and i think the reason why i like the last like half hour of this movie is because there's so much art in it art really starts to like shine in that last half hour and that's when i'm like intrigued i saw it once before and i fucking hated it but I liked it a lot more this time, and I really appreciated that last half hour, and it made me understand why a sequel's coming <laughs> in many ways. Like um, that with a, a little bit of a higher budget. I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with a lot of aspects of the movie. It's just that the the parts in between the the kills and like the action parts were just there's just nothing going on in them. They're just they're really fucking slow, and there's nothing that builds from them and if they could just make those scenes just even slightly more entertaining it really could stand on its own i think a good comparison i was thinking of is like friday the 13th has like a ton of dead time sure but a lot of that is teenagers interacting doing drugs having sex or doing at least like fucking something on camera um Mm -hmm. that's like holding your attention in between the kills which the movie's built around and i feel like a lot of this movie is like either just numbing dialogue or them like crawling under things and breathing heavy for like extended periods of time <laughs> until art shows up again but i don't know i also feel like i'm being hard on this movie at the same time because i really did leave with an appreciation for it that i did not have going in <laughs> that's for sure i was uh i was kind of dreading watching this movie again but I, I i left with an appreciation for it and i would i'd probably even watch it a third time now so while i'm gonna bitch I will give it that praise. <laughs> I, I thought I'd never watch this movie again unless literally forced to, and now I'm intending on watching it again sometime in the future. So take everything I say yeah, with a great assault. This movie. <laughs> I, I think I think AJ had a blast. <sighs> I think there it. were moments where I was like, I'm the only person watching this movie, and I fucking hate it, but I'm still the only person watching this movie. <laughs> it's, just, it's I think that's a great part of it too, is we were able to watch it and like talk in parts where fucking yeah. nothing happened we were able to like shoot yeah. the shit or make a joke about what's going on and the fact that like we managed to entertain each other so much with this movie and i think we only missed one thing where it was like yeah he called a guy earlier like that was like the yeah. one yeah. thing we missed from this says a lot about like this movie's dead time but you could say that about so much of friday the 13th you should talk through half of the friday the 13th and not be missing anything it's i, I was telling i think uh Kim had left, but I was telling AJ it's weird because I love slasher films and I love cheesy 80s slashers. And this, by like formula and setup, and it, it just, it's a slasher. It's a bunch of dumb mm-hmm. teenagers going in and getting brutally murdered one at a time. But despite it having that same genre, it's still very opposite of my genre, you know? <laughs> like it's, it, it walks and talks like a movie I, I like, but does not smell like it at all. Mm hmm. Something that frustrates me is that they're not teenagers. <laughs> like, I feel like if they were teenagers, I could be a little bit more lenient of like, oh yeah, teenagers are dumb. 
they can make these choices like it's fine but like they're not like they were at a bar earlier that day mm, correct yeah. so and then there's like the bald guy who's like 40 and the other woman who's like 40 and so it's like these people aren't just like dumb kids at a summer camp mm-hmm. i don't know it bugs me yeah there's a lot i of... mean it's good it's more original because of it i guess but at the same time it's like these people are being fucking stupid and they could make better choices here but they're not making better choices and that's just like on them i think it's because they don't have like fun personality traits that make you root for them that you're just kind of like you're just stupid you know what i mean it's not like oh they mean well (laughs) yeah um we should maybe go into the plot of this movie a bit now right yeah (laughs) just we have a like I think we'll be able to more direct our conversation by going through it kind of one at a time. I really like the opening scene. Can I start? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It opens with, uh, you know, I I feel terrible. I forgot the names already, but it starts with a V, the character, right? No, we're talking about the talk talk show host, the opening opening. Yes, yes. Monica Brown is the host name. Yeah, like I said, with a V, we're good. Um, (laughs) 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 Um... Wait, wait, is that the name of the talk show host or the the That's the, the host. Victim? talk show host. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant the victim. We don't know her Oh, they name don't say yet. the name? Oh, okay. No. Okay. She's just the survivor okay. of a massacre that took place oh, okay. on Halloween. That's how we're introduced to her. I thought they said the name. So that that, that there goes a note I had I already. Also... I was like, why why fucking say the name? But Yeah, I also thought they said I, the name. I assume they say it, but I just didn't pay attention and forgot. But um, that's I like that they didn't say it then. But it starts with they're interviewing someone that had just survived an assault from they even say art the clown like straight up Mm -hmm. like art who dressed up as a clown and the person's face is horribly disfigured and it's actually a pretty decent effect i I, we were kind of talking about how we didn't know what a real victim of an attack like that would look like and i'm not sure how realistic it is but it is pretty haunting it's um it's a really good effect i think she's missing an eye and her other eye is I guess only like partially there and she looks simultaneously like a burn victim in someone that had been in a horrible accident and it's it's hard to look at and the aesthetic of this talk show thing happening on a tv as they zoom off of it is kind of I think really effective and I I really like the idea from like a horror perspective of the survivor living with disfigurement for the rest of their life and like the emotional tolls that takes and it, it hits notes that I don't commonly feel get hit in horror movies all too often. Like you'll see people get their fingers cut off and still survive or whatever. But what you don't see is them living with that disfigurement for the rest of their life. And I thought that was actually pretty effective and hit me on a, like not saying I was like horribly sad by it or anything, but it's, it's a a note, a a pain, a, a, a pain that I don't typically feel in movies. And I think it's, it's really effective. I think the scene that continues in hindsight isn't necessarily the best because uh, once this movie ends and then you watch that opening scene again, the opening scene's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but the talk show host after the interview, it's all softball questions. There's no real context, no real content in the interview. It's just like, wow, your face is messed up. Are you sad about that? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it sucks. Um, it's of course, better written than all of that but not by much um, so <laughs> later the talk show host is like on the phone and doing her makeup in the mirror and being like yeah i talked to this gross disfigured person if i ever look like that fucking kill me and then 
the woman who's disfigured comes out and puts her thumbs through the eyes of the talk show host. And it's actually a pretty good effect, setting up a theme throughout this movie that the gore in this movie is well above average. It's pretty damn good. Um, and, you know, it's not the best ever, but it's a pretty unimportant kill compared to the other ones. So, like, they show her face afterwards with the eyeball hanging out and everything, and it's it's pretty mm-hmm. good. It, it, it sets the tone pretty well, but thinking about the scene now and the person who that, like, the disfigured person doing that later mm-hmm. is so dumb like that's such a bizarre plot point but it, it's pretty effective yeah. early on and kind of is the hook into it so i understand why they did it but uh well, c- the plot is not the strength of this movie that's no exactly no but but i did hope that there would be some kind of explanation for why one of these victims turned out to be a murderer yeah, no, they d- you think she'd be incredibly compassionate for the rest of her life after <laughs> all she went through. Well, and I like kind of like this concept that someone's so traumatized that they end up like doing what their murderer did. But I thought, like at one point in this movie, I thought that somebody else was the victim. And I was like, okay, she's going to be so traumatized and like kept in this space for like long enough that she gets like Stockholm Syndrome and like helps him. Or something like that. Like, I thought mm-hmm. there was going to be some story there. And there's just not. Yeah, it's just the the hook into a low-budget slasher film. But I think I'm being a little hard on it. It is a fun opener. But, yeah. Kim, do, do you have thoughts on this opening? Um, it's pretty basic. I mean, it wasn't, like, one of the best openings I've ever seen. It didn't really, like... To me, it wasn't all that, you know, it wasn't the greatest hook ever. What did draw me into the movie and kept me going was the gore part because I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a messy movie. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as far as plot, I was not she really interested. Messy. But when I saw, like, when she gouges her eyes out, I was like, you know what? This might be a pretty good movie in terms of gore. So I was interested. That, to me, was the appeal of the opening. Mm-hmm. Was that I knew this movie was going to have some sort of gore because I didn't know what the plot was when I first saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else before that just wasn't really, I guess it didn't really appeal to me. I was like, what is this even about? Like, oh, there's a clown and there's a woman that looks like this. I'm assuming that's going to be like the characters we look at. Mm-hmm. And technically, yes, but there is a bit more of a road to go down until we get to where the beginning yeah. is referencing. <laughs> so and, and um, I, feel, I feel like um, AJ wasn't, wrong in saying that you think it's going to be someone else throughout most of the movie yeah yeah because i definitely thought it was it was not the person that it wound up being throughout the movie and Same. i was like surprised at the end even in some weird way even though i probably shouldn't have been <laughs> i was just so certain it was another person yeah but uh it, it so you're, you're you're not a you don't the talk show portion doesn't really appeal to you at all before the dressing room murder. Not really. Like, I know what they're trying to do when you watch this whole movie. It's it's supposed to be, like, a connecting back, plot twist kind of a moment. Um, again, I don't... I personally don't need that in a gore film. When I when I know this movie is going to look the way it does from the opening, I, my expectations kind of go down in mm. the sense that I know I'm not here for an amazing haunting time i'm here for a good time and i'm here to see some shit get fucked up (laughs) so you know i didn't need i wasn't expecting there to be any sort of complexity and there really isn't but i can understand why they included it for the sake of having the ending be the way that it is 
Did I think it was executed perfectly? No. Did I think it was necessary? I mean, maybe to add a bit of connectivity or continuity throughout the movie, but from the ending to the beginning. Um, but it's not my favorite scene or my favorite part of the movie. So, mm-hmm. Were you affected at all by some of the, the opening stuff, AJ? Did the, um, like the idea of this person living with this, did that affect you at all? Yeah, yeah. I think that was like, oh shit, that person's fucked up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. I mean, she's right. Alone. You're right. <laughs> I just, I, I guess, <laughs> I, I feel like over dramatic now, you know? <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that fucked with me a little bit. It was dark. And you guys are like, yeah, face gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was dark. I agree. I think that it was dark. I think I was very much like, okay. Like, I was intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. And then watching her murder, I was like, that's intriguing. I think the rest of the movie, maybe for me, the rest of the movie was a letdown from then on. I can kind of agree with that to some degree. It it, it makes it feel like there's going to be a bit of depth (laughs) to this that winds up not being there. There's just no depth. I'm not saying it needed to be there. Like, oh, this movie's not deep. It fucking sucks. But the, like opening does not reflect the rest of the movie i mean like the the actual opening shot not the dressing room kill but i know we've spent a lot of time on this opening scene but we can basically skip the next half hour after a couple of sentences i think (laughs) there were drunk girls being drunk i think also to point out the opening is important because it gives us a foreshadowing to what's going to happen at the end oh definitely by this point we know that there's going to be a survivor if not from here it might be an introduction to well maybe there's a survivor in general and then the fact yeah. that Art the Clown is missing from the morgue, so it could insinuate mm-hmm. that he's alive. So we can either expect the ending, that that's going to be the case, or that this is setting up for a prequel or a sequel, essentially, is what the opening does. So it's important in that sense, as it's a vehicle to kind of setting up a part two and or the rest of this movie. Um, so it, it does have some sprinklage of importance to it. Oh, I yeah, like it. I'd argue yeah. it's one of my favorite portions. I'm not. I'm not complaining yeah. here. I think so too. I think it's probably one of my favorite portions. Yeah, I, I think it's it's an iconic part of this movie. And then yeah, we move on to the <laughs> Aaron's drunk least girls favorite being part. drunk for a while on Halloween yeah. night. Yes, it's Halloween. It took me a while to figure out it's Halloween. I feel like I'm really behind today. I'm like they're wearing costumes. <laughs> I know. I think I just was. <laughs> I think I was just like slutty goth girl and her friend <laughs> i thought they were girl. leaving hot topic i don't, I don't, I don't. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't think too much about it being halloween until they were um i think it took me until they were like in the pizza place do you want to i was like it's halloween <laughs> do you want to get us through to that part i mean i'm gonna do it really quick the sound i mean if there are parts that you feel are important, Kim, jump in. Okay. So, we set the scene. There are one girl's dressed as a skeleton, the other one's dressed as a scarecrow. Um, walking to a car, and they're both drunk, obviously. Like, it's clear to see. And they're fighting over who's going to drive home. And then you're you're thinking as the watcher that neither of them should drive home and then mm-hmm. one of them's finally like no we shouldn't drive home we need food and it's like okay great glad you guys figured that out and then they see a creepy clown and the clown's like staring at them and the one girl's like he's creepy and the other one's like he's harmless and she's like 
he's creepy. I, th- I think we should take a second to describe Art. Because yeah. Because he is he's very important. <laughs> I don't think, it, like, uh, Kim, you go ahead. He's dressed in, like, one of those old-fashioned sort of clown aesthetic where it's the jumpsuit, half as black, half as white. Um, and he has this, like, bald cap on with this white pale makeup and then black eyeliner or, like, rings around his eyes made with, like, I guess black cream makeup and then around his lips. And he has a cute little tiny hat at the top of his head. A little miniature hat. And he's carrying this, like, like really big hat. bag. Yeah, he's carrying this really big trash bag with him. Um, physically, he's, like, a very tall-looking man, too. Very skinny, very tall. Um, definitely not something you want to see in the middle of the night on the sidewalk, a distance away staring at you. No. But um, that's kind of what he looks like. You can tell he's a man, okay. and you can tell that he's very, very tall. He borders on mime, would... right? Yes, very mime-like as well. I would argue that there is nothing that I would like to see in the middle of the night staring at me from across the street. Well, in uh, terms of your like, coworker that looks like Jason Momoa, <laughs> <laughs> my old coworker, maybe him. <laughs> <laughs> if he was looking across me, he might be like, "Oh shit!" I'd be like, "Hey!" Oh, what? <laughs> like he's but not. If he didn't respond after I said, "Hey," I might be a little creeped out. <laughs> That's fair. Like considering it's Halloween night, it's not you know necessarily something that should be out of place in the scenery but because of the way that he stands and the way that he kind of stares and like waves and smiles you kind of get an off feeling about it and so does the character tara so tara is the one dressed in the skeleton costume she has dark hair and her friend dawn is the blonde character mm-hmm. um her friend who was dressed as a scarecrow so tara definitely understands that there's something not right about this individual from the vibe he's giving off and dawn doesn't really get that same sort of feeling mostly because she is much more drunk than her friend tara 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 and whatever it's also like the one night you don't call the cops because the clown's looking at you, you exactly know? It's, it's like the one night yeah. you don't do that and i also wanted to bring up with art that he has a he has a very like tall smile as like an individual in general like the actor's smile is like I don't know how to describe it other than tall. It, it almost is, it goes it's more it's more vertical what? than horizontal. It is. I, like, am I making sense? Okay. Uh, he has a very uh, big mouth, and, and then, so when, yes. with the makeup on yeah. top, makes his lips look bigger because it's almost up okay. to his nose. So when you see all that teeth, it kind of gives the illusion of like extra shading around his mouth, so it looks extra big and extra wide like it looks yes. too big for his face sometimes. it looks as if his lip his teeth go up to his like up just under his nose almost like it, it's like yeah it, it yeah is it, it looks it, the way they did the makeup is really good because when he smiles it it gives the illusion of it just being wrong and like almost impossible and the rest of his features are very like thin and small like he has drawn on eyebrows that are very thin and arched and he has like a very like thin pointed nose, which I'm assuming is for the most part prosthetic at the end. And then his eyes with the shading around it makes his eyes look very small and not really seen. So um, it, it makes it emphasizes his mouth because of the way that his face is. He, he looks like a jester mask too, like a jester mask and like... A- a mind, I think the like Joker. Yeah, yeah. It just, he just—he's—he's he's wrong in so many ways. It's some fantastic design. It's really great. Yeah, the little Art. hat is so cute. 
and the performance is incredible as he's creeping out the two girls sitting at the the diner and like he doesn't i mean he does things to be like stereotypically creepy but a lot of the times it's kind of like cartoony almost like he's smiling and holding his hands up like a like an actual clown almost like it's he's really good at just being really fucking creepy yeah agreed we love it we love we stand david howard <laughs> in this house he did a really great performance in this movie he did i agree with that i think, I think he saves the movie i think he does too um so the drunk girls go to a pizza shop and they have some pointless conversations mm-hmm. and then the um clown shows up there and he's staring again at the one girl the girl that looks like the bring it on girl tara aka what aaron wanted to call her not not nev campbell yes um he's staring at her and she like tells um don that she wants to take their food to go and don's like he's harmless and tara's like no he's not and don's like yes he is and then she goes over and like takes a selfie with him and like which very um non-consensually takes a selfie with him literally he was like you're not responding so i'm gonna force you to do this um which not cool anyways um takes a selfie comes back to the table is like you got a lot of likes he's just like staring um and then he gets up and he buys a fake ring for tara from like from like a like a dollar store you put a quarter in the thing and twist and a little pod comes out yeah so it's like a little ring and he like puts it on her finger and she's just like really creeped out by it all and then he gets up and, like, goes to the bathroom, and then he gets kicked out of the pizza place. And, um, and when he does, like, the ring stuff, it's, like, it's almost like this person's just really in character for Halloween. Like, it's almost excusable. I mean, it's incredibly creepy, but it's almost like, oh, this person's just fucking with us on Halloween. Like, if someone did that to me on Halloween, I'd, I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. You're fucking with me on Halloween. haha. You know? I disagree. If somebody did that to me on Halloween, I'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> But I have a very low, low quota for things people are willing to, like, strangers are willing to do around me that I'm, like, willing to accept. That's fair, too. That's I'd say that's good instinct. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have gotten murdered by the fucking clown. <laughs> I would have found a way to get the fuck out of there. But apparently Uber wasn't created by this point. That's also something I'm questioning about this film. Like, It was something I thought, too, but you just you can't think of things like that in a horror movie. It'll fuck you up too bad. Yeah. Anyways, um, so then the girls leave. They walk back to their car. Their car has a flat tire because they were going to drive home. And they're like, fuck, okay. And then so um, Tara calls her sister and is like, can you come pick us up? At the same time, the clown is murdering the men in the pizza shop. Mm-hmm. So he, the first time you see it is you see like a head set on fire. Like there's fire behind its eyes and its mouth. It's a jack-o'-lantern. It's a man-o'-lantern. Yes. yes um and it's like the pizza guy that threw him out and then the other guy's like oh my god and then you watch him get murdered the other guy get murdered and he gets like stabbed a lot and he gets his hand cut off first and it's actually a pretty decent effect his hand goes flying off and then he gets stabbed in the face a shitload of times yeah you mentioned the kill count at some point i feel like the kill count's pretty good for this movie I feel like, like eight. I feel like it's clustered though. Like I feel like there's so much dead time. Like by the time we're talking about these kills, it's like too late into the movie. <laughs> I, I 
I don't know. I feel I feel like it drags for the first bit. I think it's because it's trying to rely so desperately on these girls being entertaining and they're not. Yeah, they're very boring. Um so then the girls come back to the they're in the car. They're waiting for her sister to pick her pick them up. And um Tara's like I really have to pee. And so then they um so then they decide to one of them's like, "Oh, um Dawn's like there's that guy smoking. Why don't you go ask him if you can pee in there? And Tara's like, oh, great idea. And Dawn's like, I was joking. Please don't do that. And she thinks this man's creepier. And this is bald man. Um, she thinks he's creepier than the clown is, which I disagree with. But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was an odd comparison. Like, this guy literally got kicked out for whatever strange thing he did in the bathroom. And there's a bald dude in a jumpsuit being like, I can get in trouble if you pee in here. All right. Whatever. Pee in here. And she's like, that guy was way worse than the clown. <laughs> I, I, get, I get she's kidding, but it was just like, it wasn't even comparable. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then Tara Tar goes inside, and then some murder happens. Does someone else want to pick it up? Kim, do you want to take it from here? The murder happened? What murder are you referring to? Okay, <laughs> Which there one? isn't a murder yet. It's like kidnapping. I think that was her general transition to yeah, um, explaining the murders. In it. Eventually there's murder that happens. Okay. <laughs> That's welcome to Slaps in the Spirit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so after this, I believe Tara Tara, I'm gonna call her Tara because that's how I, I think that they pronounce it in the movie, I'm not sure. Um, encounters I believe the cat lady with her or we're introduced to the cat lady, if not Tara, then we see her. Um, oh, she yeah. has a doll that she carries with her that mm. she refers to as her child. Um, and it's a baby doll. And um, there's not much encounter here, but she knows at this point this building is mostly empty and it's there seems to be no one there. And as she's kind of walking around the building, I'm assuming looking for the bathroom, um, she finds Art, who's chilling in there waiting for her. There's she's a chase... Yeah, there's a chase that ensues um, where she runs into what is a mechanic's garage, like an indoor mechanic's garage, and it becomes a sort of cat and mouse situation where she's hiding um, and he's trying to find her and ends up stabbing her in the leg with, I believe it's a scalpel. Um, really great hit, by the way. It, it, you can tell there's some brutality in the way that he stabs her as well. It's it's not necessarily a soft stab it's very much vicious and i think that's kind of the theme that goes on in this movie i think i said that it's not a normal stab it was almost like carving a turkey like he gets that knife in there and starts like sawing real fast yeah and she tries to go and find or alert the guy the bald man from the that's also in the building um but she ends up getting i believe drugged and then tied to a chair that's how she wakes up bound to a chair and in front of her, she sees Dawn, her friend, and Art. Dawn is suspended upside down, sort of um, spread eagle from the ceiling. And he sort of teases with this saw, hand saw that he has. Um, like teasingly, he's going to like cut her and like, you know, cut her throat, something like that. And eventually he ends up taking off her underwear and sawing her in half down the middle um straight down so it's horizontal from groin to head 
Or vertical, I'm sorry. Vertical, yeah. yeah. From groin to head. Vertically. Okay. And it's a really, really great scene in terms of blood and even the reaction of the actress themselves. There's, there's, it's really great. And Tara is obviously watching this and trying to break free as he's continuously sawing her in half. Okay, Tara should have passed out, first off. Secondly, this is not... <laughs> there's nothing fun about this scene, in my opinion. There's nothing okay about this scene. I think it's he it's well executed in some degree. But. Takes a saw and saws her fucking vagina. Yep. That is not what you do with a vagina. That is not what vaginas are for. Wait, one second. I'm taking notes. What did you say? <laughs> you do not. You do not saw fucking vaginas. Okay. Don't. Pussy is God. It should be loved and desired and taken care of. It should not be sawed in half. And that's my speech. Yeah, no, it, it's it's rough. It's the scene I thought of when Kim said she wanted to watch this movie. I was like, poor AJ. <laughs> That's, it's just, yeah, that was my almost my breaking point. I did have a lot of shock and um, it's just, it's just horrifying. Um, she, she gets sawed like 99% too. Like, like her, yes. her forehead is the only thing that didn't find Like her scalp is kept together. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's... Because he gets distracted because she, um, Tara, breaks out. Mm-hmm. But also, I kind of have qualms with that because I think she should have passed out. Because I think there's no world in which I watch my best friend, seemingly, get sawed mm. from her vagina to her head. And I'm conscious. It, and I'm thinking, let's get out of here. And I, this is not a complaint at all, but it, he does it really fast. Which, believe me, I, 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 I didn't want it to be slow. I appreciate the speed at which it happened because if I didn't want, like, I would hate for it to be drawn out. But he's he's efficient. Like it, he he gets through the rib cage and everything real quick. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a rough part. I'm sure that that's a lot of people's tapping out point. I yeah. really like this scene. This was probably my favorite of the movie. I thought it was really fucking gnarly. <laughs> it is really fucking gnarly. <laughs> I, I, I dig like, it. It's Ooh. horrific. All of the gore in this movie is great. But there's yeah. like 20 minutes of gore in this hour and a half movie. No, there's like a half hour worth of gore, I think. And it's all great. But it's it's the in-between I have problems with. So pretty much any time we discuss a kill, I'm on board. You know? <laughs> like, I, I'm into it. I don't want to say that in reference to this last kill. Let me... Let me <laughs> that kill was fun. No, I didn't want to say that either. I'm taking a hole here. Help me out. I mean, no, it, it was, it was, it was entertaining, and it was a great. It was greatly executed, and man, I thought it was so fucking cool. Like watching it, and it's just crazy. Like it's one of those. It's, it's like when you watch crazy. Saw movie. Like it's just fucking crazy when these things happen, um, because you know it's not real, but also you know it's it's what it you came here to watch, and it's the things I came that here make to watch you watch nothing. It's. It's the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable, and that's the point of gore movies versus the other genres of horror, is that it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and grossed out. And I think scenes like this are very, like, it doesn't gross me out per se, but it definitely is shocking. And the shock value, I think, is what I really like about gore movies. It's, like, really cool to see, too. Like, she, there were, obviously it's not realistic, I mean, there were intestines that kind of fell out, organs, but it wasn't yeah. necessarily, like, as much no, yeah. as what it would have actually been seen if that actually did happen. And granted, you're not really here for the realism. 
I think if you wanted that, this movie would be a lot more extreme and or censored and or it would just be a whole other movie. I think this movie does enough with this scene to elicit a few movements of discomfort without crossing the line into being, a few? you know, insanely disgusting and if it's think, too realistic i, I think, I it's, think lines it's were crossed and it was pretty I disgusting think lines were crossed. i think that was pretty insanely disgusting <laughs> I, would, I would have yeah both i would say that was a disgusting scene that crossed lines but I, like when you said that there were movies that were worse than this mm-hmm. i got really upset because i'm like what the fuck is worse than this now i'm like, on board there I are movies watched... that are worse yeah, <laughs> yeah i believe they definitely it are. but i'm also horrified by it because i had to watch this fucking woman get sawed in half vertically not even horizontally and like i just don't want to see anything worse than that for the rest of my life i didn't want to see that i didn't want to see fucking hereditary but i saw that movie too and it was also horrifying and I just, I'm okay with images I've already gotten forced into my brain. I don't need more. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I, like I said, I think this movie's on the high end. Kim's like, this is kind of a beginner movie. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But, you know. It 100% is. I think Saw has a lot more images of their gore that looks more realistic. When it comes to sounds, when it comes to what they show. I think there is a lot more in the Saw movies that, are more realistic than this one. And I think it was for that purpose because they didn't want it to be as explicit as other gore movies are. And I mean, there are a lot of other movies that would have probably shown more or focused more on the body being cut. Yes, we got flashes of it and we mostly saw the image of like the blood running down her body. But comparatively to other movies that also do things like torture, this personally i don't think crosses a line in my book because i don't i don't think we really see anything that 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 realistic we get flashes here and there of her body but it's definitely unsettling i don't want to i don't want to say that it's some kind of you know oh we don't see anything it's implied no you do see it most movies would have cut away that's for sure yeah yeah but there wouldn't be gore movies yeah in this sense i think i think torture is a line for me I can get that. I, I don't love torture, but like I'll I'll sit through a movie for the for this, you know. What I mean? But but uh, but yeah, no, I I I agree. I think this is where our tastes split pretty largely. You know what I mean? It's it's uh like gore is a hard line for me to cross, but well, I don't know. I'm I'm in for gore for the most part. I think it's it's like the fun factor. Like as long as like Jason could do to any of these people what art does, but he would do it in a way that was slightly more comical, I guess. <laughs> no, well, I guess it's hard to say with art. Like, latter half of this movie, art's almost different than than opening half art. The first movie, like, it's funny that to me that you said, like, this movie never goes for, like, realism, which, like, is absolutely true, but I feel like the first hour to, like, first half a little past of this movie is going for a more realistic tone than anything else. Like, Yeah, when I mean realistic, I mean in terms of, like, the what they do with the body. Like, how the body in that scene looks like. Like, we're not focused... We're not seeing bone. We're not seeing organs. We're not mm-hmm. seeing, like, innards. Yeah. Like, we're not seeing any of that is what I meant by realistic. I mean, it's more so, like, we know what he's doing. We see glimpses of, like, what is the end result. And we see the blood running. So, like, it's yeah. not, like, that's... You know, the focus is not looking at the inside of a body. 
is what I meant by realistic. In yeah. terms of setting a realistic tone, yeah, I do think the movie aims for it. I don't think they really reach it, but yeah, I, I, think, I agree with that. I think it abandons it in like the last half hour, which I think is why I like the last half hour. But it, it certainly goes nutty in like that last little bit, which I think is why I have such like a, a like a dividing line for when I enjoy this movie or not. But I think I think you're just comparing it to like the worst of the worst instead of the average. And because of that you're like relatively unaffected by it. But when it's compared to the average, this is some intense shit. I mean, the average in gore is what I'm referring but, to. Yes, but we're talking in the average much, in like the horror the genre. Movie. Yeah, well, of yeah, course, right. because if you this isn't The Conjuring, like you're never gonna see this stuff in The Conjuring. You're never gonna see this in like Insidious. Like the gore itself is so it's it's its own little sub niche in horror for that reason. Because yeah, if you're only watching movies that are like break-ins or not even i won't even say break-ins because there are some invasion movies that have a bit of torture in it but if you're looking at just a like possession and hauntings and whatnot it touches on gore but it's not a gore movie i think this so movie that's what also, the difference is this movie also shares dna with the slasher though as well so it, it, it definitely be, does 100%. so it should be compared to slashers as well so it, I, I see this as not just a gore movie but also a slasher and as far as slashers go i don't think it gets much more intense than than this yeah, uh, I mean, again, there are some there are some scenes that are like that's pretty fucking out there. But yeah, you don't see anything like to this extent. Oh, in, if we're looking, I mean, we're talking about the general ones, right? Like, for example, like yeah. um, Halloween, Fire. Of course, yeah. those are like older yeah. movies, and that's again not the folk. They're not slasher slash gore. They're just slasher movies with like yeah. gore is like implied, kills are implied in that. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. If you're comparing it to that. Of course, this has elements that you would never see in Halloween or Friday the 13th as yeah. much. Because there, there are still some scenes where I'm like, that's a bit gory. And that's why that's why I personally like slashers, because mm-hmm. there is gore in it. Even in Nightmare on Elm Street, there's like body modification and stuff like that that I find really like cool. And that's that's the appeal for me for slashers, is seeing that kind of stuff. So that's why I like them so much too. So yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's... In the slasher category, definitely this has more explicitness to it. I think that's why we're just having such a strong reaction to it is what I'm I'm saying. Is it's like we're Mm -hmm. not necessarily comparing this to other gore movies as much as we're comparing it to a slasher. Or at least I am. I don't want to speak Mm -hmm. for AJ. But I think like this is more of a gory slasher than a gore movie with a slasher character. Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah, Um, it does. But yeah, but like slashers get that way too. Like the head stomp in this movie is way less brutal than the head stomp in like Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. Halloween 2018 yeah. has like the best head stomp, I think. Like it doesn't get better than that. Oh, well, I don't know. The he- Midsummer's isn't a head stomp, but that's a great head stomp. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, wonderful. Oh, Midsummer. Fuck. Wonderful anyway, movie. Anyway, we should we should move on. <laughs> anyway, no, this is all good though. I'm glad that like I, I I think that's just like the dividing line for us is it's not like we're not comparing this to other gore movies. You know what I mean? Like I think that's where the the con- the confusion in tones is coming from. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um. Do you want me to continue? Yeah. So the cat lady has seen what happens to Don and that. Art and Tara are fighting. She breaks through and she hits them and they're kind of struggling. Uh, I'm going to come back to that in a second. And the cat lady goes to find Mike and to beg him to call the police. But Mike basically dismisses her as insane. And Tara and Art are fighting. And I believe this is 
the part where he shoots her. Am I am I correct in building that portion of the movie, or is that later? No, um, not yet. Oh, right? You know what? Um, I I think so, but I think AJ yes, would knew AJ would know better. But she just put into our Discord. I have to pee. Keep talking. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I believe I, it is that scene where there where she. Okay, so I think so too. They're fighting, and she seems to have the upper hand in this situation. She's able to knock him down, and she stabs him um, with, I believe, the one of the armrests of the chair she was bound to. She was able to break it off, and she uses that as sort of like almost like a stake to run through him and stab him. And it seems like he's down for the count. It seems like she's going to be the one to, if not defeat him, fight him off enough to run away and escape and you know that it becomes another cat and mouse situation but unfortunately art the coy little guy that he is has a gun in his shoe and he shoots her in the abdomen i believe is is the yeah she gets shot in the abdomen but then she also gets shot in the calf right I just forget yeah first. he shoots her again and um she's on the floor obviously now in pain because that's a lot the obviously the blood and the reaction from the actress in this scene is spot on. Like, you mentioned the leg shaking, and, like, you can really feel the pain that she feels in that situation. Like, the spasming of the leg when it gets shot is incredible. When, yeah, when she gets shot in the calf, that is, like, that's almost harder. It's one of the best gore scenes I think I've seen, period. It's, like, the, yeah. you just see the calf muscle, like, fucking explode, and it's brutal. Yeah. And she's, like, on the ground at this point, in pain, and he's standing over her. And it seems like he just had enough of her shit, which is funny because she was the one that he was obsessed with in the beginning of the movie. And now it's kind of like, well, he's not going to kill her because he's obsessed with her. We kind of expect that. And then he shoots her in the face. And we expected this is like the last thing that we're going to see of her, that she's obviously dead. But the way they did it, and I do think this is a bit of an issue in the movie, is it's just in her cheek that he ends up shooting her. And there really isn't, surprisingly, there isn't much on her face that's really disturbing. It just looks like there's, like, a hole. In the yeah. sense that you would expect at this point to have, like, half her face missing. Or some, yeah. like, blood everywhere. And there isn't. There's just a hole. And she's still conscious. And she's still looking at him. And he goes to retrieve another bullet. Because I, I believe he's, like, out of bullets at this point. Yeah, he's And out. comes back. She's bleeding from the hole, obviously. It's not intense, though. And he looks down at her and he shoots her in the forehead, which I think when I first saw it, I was pretty surprised because at this point she yeah. was the main character um, because it was just focusing on her and Dawn. And with Dawn dead, she was the pinnacle of Art's obsession from the beginning. And now she's dead. And we still have about 40 minutes left of this movie. So it's kind mm -hmm. of interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess it's interesting to question why exactly they did this. I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like another plot twist, as in like, ooh, the main character's dead. Bet you didn't see that coming. It's like the but, psycho yeah. thing from the beginning, right? Like that's yeah. what psycho did. It's what uh, like a lot of it's it's almost it's almost becoming a trope now. You know, I'm not saying yeah. it's like horribly unoriginal or anything. I don't understand why they did the cheek shot, had him walk his ass all the way to get another bullet and then shoot <laughs> her in the head. I just didn't I think either. it was necessary. I thought it just it was just a pad runtime because he could have shot her in the head right afterwards and hesitated for just like a little bit longer and it would have had the same shock of like, oh fuck, he actually did it. You know, I just Yeah. I I guess they might have thought like, ooh, maybe while he's getting bullets, he'll come back and she's gone and like that would have exactly, been exactly. that would have been more interesting, I think.
I, I, yeah. I don't know. It was just, I was already so distracted by the fact that she got shot in the cheek and the bullet, I guess she kind of like spit it out afterwards. Like it didn't like <laughs> crush the back of her skull or anything. She got shot in the cheek from the outside, not like through the inside of her mouth and it came out of her cheek. She got shot in her cheek externally and that bullet needs to go into your head, into your mouth, into your jaw at some point and it doesn't so i was thinking about that the whole time and then by the time we got new bullets i was like why'd you do this you know it, i think it it's it just that and the cat lady the cat lady doesn't need to yeah be the cat movie. lady is so fucking pointless yeah. that it drives me crazy this this yeah this movie could have lost like a good 15 minutes of cat lady and like that that shot and i think it would have been better for it even though it would be a little shorter but that that's yeah. we'll talk more cat lady later because i guess cat lady does come up come not back. in any way that's important but in ways that you know happens in the movie but yeah i just i don't understand the the shooting her in the cheek thing if he's just gonna come shoot her in the head anyway like it's it's a and if he really wanted her dead right then he could have stepped on her head like he he's not afraid to yeah. do that otherwise he was really obsessed with shooting her in the head i guess that he was willing to let her pot potentially get away i guess no she didn't have a calf muscle so she could have crawled a little bit but yeah i yeah. don't know I think there's a bit of disappointment in his face. Like, his characterization up to this point has been really cool. It's been very, like, over, like, over characterization. Like, the way that he does, like, his face. Like, it's very cartoonish. Very, um, Flamboyant is a good word yeah, for it, I feel. Yeah, that's a really great way to say it. Like, it's really exaggerated and really... And it's all been kind of towards her. In, in the earlier scene when they're in a pizzeria, he does very, like, different sort of, like, body movements and facial expressions to kind of get a response from her and she kind of remains indifferent and impassive and creeped out when she sees him or she's looking at him and this whole time even when he was going to saw dawn it was very like showy like he was doing Mm -hmm. all these like hand movements and like laughing faces and it was very very cartoony and in this scene when he's about to kill her there really isn't any of that so there's almost like a sense of like disappointment radiating from him in the sense that this isn't really like fun that she just didn't make this fun and he's not having a good time like he was over i think he expected more from her from you know killing her and like playing with her for a bit longer and i guess he's a bit disappointed that it had to end here so quickly i know i didn't get that from that necessarily but i like the concept of that like like i i didn't i didn't see that but as a concept i really like that so i think that that makes the movie a little better for me because i do like the idea that he's like fuck like i was hoping to get three hours out of you <laughs> yeah because this whole thing was about her like in yeah. in a sense not necessarily necessarily like his whole spiel but this whole night finding her following her doing all these things giving her the ring like it's all been kind of aimed towards her and the thought of this ending so soon after because she just was winning um beating him up essentially kind of is disappointing and guns don't really seem to be his vibe you know from here before like he's more of a stabber he's more of like getting his hands bloody so it seems like the gun might have been a last ditch effort in well i have i have no other way to win this situation i guess i'll use my gun and there is a bit lack of playfulness from him in this scene so that to me is what conveys his you know disappointment and having to have such a boring and basic kill, which is kind of what I thought. I was like, this is kind of boring. Like, you're just going to shoot her. I, I do love fun. The, the last-ditch effort gun. I do think that's, like, there's no reason Ghostface shouldn't have done that, right? 
Like, yeah. like <laughs> Ghost Spaceship have always been like, ah, I fucked this one up. I fell down the stairs like a cartoon three times. So I guess I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would actually. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Did I just ruin Scream 5? <laughs> um but should i keep going with the rest to like finish it off for the most part yeah well like uh, at this point we're only about halfway through but i feel it, it goes by pretty it goes by pretty this. quick yeah 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 so mike um the cat lady is trying to tell mike and explain the situation and ask him to call the police Mike, which is the bald guy, that's his name. I just found that out when I Googled <laughs> um, man in Terrifier cast. And he dismisses her and basically thinks that she's crazy and doesn't know what she's talking about, which, you know, I guess when someone comes up to you and tells you that someone is dismembering someone downstairs in the basement, it is kind of a long shot. <laughs> Especially if <laughs> Especially that person when carries like, a baby doll around and says exactly. it's an actual child. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. That's but fair. he, I mean, just from, like, you know, a random woman that usually is a, is a squatter in that place. that He doesn't really yeah. work there, technically. It's a temporary employment. I think he's, like, an exterminator or something. Yeah, he is. So he's they're, trying they're... to get rid of the rats. And it's Halloween night. Like, you know, it could also be, like, this person's drunk. How does she... You know, there's a lot. Like, I, I, he's a bit dismissive, and I can kind of, for the most part, understand that. Um, she also and... doesn't look gross, but it's implied heavily that she's gross. I just wanted yeah. to throw that in there. Like she's she's relatively clean and like in a costume, but they, it's implied that this woman's gross and crazy and stinky and shit. But it just doesn't, yeah, she doesn't radiate that really. Yeah, and at this point, you know, he's kind of dismissing her, or whatever. And Art shows up. He sees Art for the first time, and he I'm spinning through this, but he basically hits him in the head with a hammer. And breaks his phone, um, smashes it with that hammer, so there's no way that he could, like, call back. And kind of just, like, leaves him here. I think he assumes that hitting him in the head was enough. But that man yeah. is bald, and he has a very strong head. Okay. So <laughs> we know that at that point, that probably wasn't enough. But I don't think we what does him having to be bald have to do with having a strong head? He's all head, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so the cat lady we kind of go back to her and she's kind of trying to like find her baby because she left her baby doll and she's looking oh, for no. a child and she finds so pointless she finds art cradling the doll in the middle of like i guess it's like this hallway pretty creepy hallway um down in the basement and she's basically asking for the doll back and he kind of is like pretending like he's cradling it and in a way to kind of get him to give the baby doll back she tries to like like mother him and hoping that that kind of like i guess compassion will you know save the baby and make him give it back to her and he allows himself to be held and he's like sucking his thumb he kind of regresses in this scene it's pretty weird (laughs) it's pretty fucking weird um, it's really weird and pointless. It could, it could yeah, it's kind of just having an extra person for the sake of having an extra yeah. kill. It's not just extra; like, it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, they gave the. She has almost as much plot as like any other character, if not more. Like she's more interesting because you're like, what the fuck's up with this woman who thinks this baby doll's her baby? You're like, she's got to be important, and then I she's disagree. not. I don't think she's interesting at all. I think I, the other girls, at least, you know they're the main characters. This is just like, what? 
I don't why think she I thought she was the main character. Yeah, well, like, by her being able to soothe him, you think, like, oh, she's gonna come back later and be able to talk him out of stopping the murders in, like, the yes. final act and save that the person. That there's some sort of, like, that she knows him, that he saves her for some reason, like, something. He won't be able to kill her, and or maybe, yes. like, he doesn't finish the job but still mangles her, and she's the person at the end. I thought she was the person in the beginning mm. of the talk show, like, the mm. whole goddamn Interesting. thing. I thought, um, but, so I kept waiting for, like, that to happen to some degree, and I thought that this connection they formed, they dedicated the scene to showing that she was able to get some kind of compassion out of him, and then yes. he just cuts her tits off the next scene, and it makes no sense. Yeah. Yes. It just, it would have been better without it, because, like, I get, uh, like, <laughs> this sounds weird, when he's, when he is wearing the, later, like, shortly after this scene, he cuts off her tits and wears them. And I like that scene when he's wearing her tits and going around. That's so weird to say. Um, it shows like a lot of creepy characterization on his part. And I think it's a very mm. strong portion of the movie. It's pretty like, it's a memorable scene that like is more than just crazy gore. It's also disturbing and it relies on performance rather than effect. And I think it's a good scene, but that those could have been anyone's tits. It didn't have to be the cat ladies. Okay. Yeah, it could have been Tara's. Speech. It could have been Dawn's. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. definitely understand. That, that scene could have been. Yeah. That's that good scene. That's a result of that shitty scene. Still could exist without it. Yeah, know? I agree. I agree. But also, boobs are precious. Boobs oh are not God. made to be cut off. Yeah, someone didn't like well... women when they wrote this movie. Yeah, so someone... and they are made to be loved and glorified, and they are not made to be cut off a fucking human being. Well, yeah. Thank you. That's my second speech of the night. <laughs> Actually, it's my third because I gave a speech in the middle, beginning of this. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm passionate about being anti-cat lady, uh, but I'm done. Now. I also no, I am pretty passionate about anti-cat lady. She shouldn't be in the movie. The movie would be shorter. She shouldn't and be in be, the movie. There'd be less time between kills, and it would be better for it. There would. There mm. was no point in him, her coddling him and him sucking his thumb. Like no. What? Um. What? Yeah, it, it's just odd. And the, the thing is, is this movie is just barely feature length. Like, it, yeah. it hits an hour and 24 minutes. It's just scraping the line of not being a short film. And I think that scenes like the Cat Lady scenes are, like exist for that reason. Like, I mean, I see that they maybe were trying to get us to be like, oh, she's the person in the beginning. Like, maybe that was the whole point of having another brunette in this movie, was that you're like, oh, another person who could be the beginning of this movie. But that's the only possible thing i could see for her point probably i mean maybe that, that definitely could be what they're trying to go for including another female character for that reason yeah this podcast is longer than this movie <laughs> it is it is as of right now hey the first 20 minutes is talking about literally anything else so <laughs> okay and then vicky arrives finally to pick up tara and dawn um, but she doesn't get a response from their phone, and they're obviously not in the car. So she goes into the, basically into the house or building, I should say, and is lured into the basement. She finds her way down there because she hears the phone ringing, and she realizes they have to be down there somehow. She finds um, Dawn's body, and therefore she knows something sus has happened. She's disgusted. She sees a body on the floor when she goes into the next room assumes that it's Tara because they're technically the body is still moving and you know and it's like crawling a and has brown hair on 
like has brown hair and she goes to try and like get her grab her and then she sees the cat lady's body a little distance away and that's when we see that she has had her breast um cut off or her whole chest i should say but it's mostly the the breast area like basically from the upper abdomen to like the chest the lower chest area upper chest area has been removed I didn't and... want to say tit so many times earlier, but I felt weirder saying breast. <laughs> <laughs> I went with boobs. The boobs would have been better, but it uh, just uh, it was too funny. Um, I have a complaint here. So the cat lady says the sister's name mm-hmm. and says, "Are you like?" says her name and is like, "Help me" or something like that. Why the fuck does the cat lady know the sister's name? It could have been from the phone. I I don't know. I had the same thought, There's but I assumed no it was answered earlier, but it might not It be. was not answered earlier. There is no reason. I feel like the cat lady grabbing her attention and scaring her before Art looked up ruined the Art scare. Like, I feel like it would have been better if it looked up and it was Art and just committed to that scare rather than having another scare and then the Art one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I get I what you mean. That. I think it is much scarier to see, like, somebody with weird, like, a clown with that hair and then boobs that have been, like, disconnected. Yeah. (laughs) Disconnected. (laughs) My boobs have been disconnected. (laughs) (laughs) One of my fears. (laughs) Please reconnect my boobs. Somebody should write down all of my fears. I have a lot of them, but this show keeps, this podcast keeps adding to them. And I think now one of my new fears is having my boobs cut off. (laughs) <laughs> disconnected you <mean. laughs> okay kim you can continue now okay we already said it but the body that she thinks is her sister is actually art in a wig and he's not wearing his costume anymore um and that's supposed to be like the shock surprise and she freaks out runs he grabs onto her jacket but her jacket is she takes it off pretty quickly escapes um, she's hiding, it becomes a cat and mouse kind of game again where she's like hiding and we see him walk up the stairs from the basement and that's when he's wearing the cat lady's chest, her breast, like her chest area because it's it's not just the boobs, it's like almost like a whole like, where is it like a suit almost? Kind of if you have seen Silence of the Lambs, it's kind of like the Buffalo Bill um, situation, like he's naked but they're like a pair of like breast hanging from like his chest that aren't his it's pretty cool we don't get that close of like a close-up to how the chest kind of looks but from a distance it looks pretty well done as far as prosthetics go um and he's wearing the wig and he's kind of walking around all grotesque looking wearing wearing the tits if you prefer i use that word thank you you. i just want you to say it so i look less bad for saying it i just want to normalize it a little bit in this podcast And then we see um, Mike's co-worker, a.k.a. the bald man that was working here earlier, um, shows up because he was kind of called earlier to come help his friend lock up. And he's, like, trying to get in. And it's he finds he was going to leave, finds a key under the mat, decides to go inside because his friend isn't answering his phone. And before he really can do anything or assess the situation... Um, Art finds him and decapitates him in a pretty cool fucking scene where he, like, cuts through his neck and just goes all the way through and, like, rips his head off and tosses it. Um, again, not realistic, but it's a pretty cool scene to see. It's pretty interesting and cool to watch. 
really gnarly really good really good like really liked that yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool um vicky escapes art when he's trying to find her and she finds her sister's corpse um art then finds her and attacks her with something i don't really know what it is i don't know if it's like a whip or if it's something of that sort where he like hits her with it i think it has like sharp things at the end yeah. so it kind of like drags against her skin i know it's like a medieval kind of it's like a whip flail thing. yeah like a flail almost like, with like it's like sharp, sharp nunchucks almost <laughs> like it's yeah. a weird way uh real quick before we move on when he finds the sister's body she's like her face is all messed up from getting shot and whatnot was it just me or is it kind of similar to the face in the beginning of the movie like I feel it was. It, right. Kind of, like yeah. I think I think it it's was. almost intentional to make you think she just might be alive because mm-hmm. her face yeah. is disfigured in a very similar way to the talk show person. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought for a second I th- I didn't ever fully commit to it, but I was like, oh shit, is it? And like that if that's intentional, it's I think some awesome. I think it's awesome. I think it's a good call by the movie to kind of like set that doubt, you know, because it'd be so easy just to have the corpse clearly dead, but instead they made you think for a second and distracted you a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. And then during this attack, um, Art's attacking Vicky, uh, Mike arrives. We knew he wasn't dead, but we kind of had a suspicion. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't. Arrives and then is able to like knock Art unconscious and him and Vicky leave to call 911, do all that jazz, and escape. Um, but before they can, Art pops back up, kills Mike, and Vicky runs yes. away to the garage. And she's kind of looking around and, you know, trying to find an escape route, trying to get away, etc. And then Art goes through the garage door with the pickup that Mike's friend had, the one that he decapitated, uses his truck and rams through the garage door and basically hits her. Not runs her over, but just hits her and knocks her unconscious for a bit. She's helpless on the floor. Art gets off and police arrive and they kind of see him looming looming over Wait. her body. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it is right here. Okay. I'm going to let you keep talking, and if you don't say it, I'll correct you. Oh, shit. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound so No, 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 it's It was just the word correct. It was just funny. I know. I, I didn't know. like that it's I like, said that. No, no, I, love, I love how AJ never releases anything controversial, and then she says one thing <laughs> that's not even controversial, but kind of funny in phrasing, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a nice person. <laughs> and then um, our... It's implied, and we kind of see a little bit of it, sort of eats her face. And we can see that from the fact that when the police go and are behind him and ask him to put his hands up, we kind of get a front view from the looming figure of what he looks like. And there's like a bunch of blood all over his face that wasn't there before around his mouth. And it's really daunting and really cool because you wonder what did he do to get that blood all over him. But also he doesn't really have any weapons in his hand that we can see. So it's implied that he kind of eats her face. Absolutely. And then he has his arms raised up. One kind of reaches down to get what we know at this point is more than likely his gun. The two cops are, you know, still trying to, like, figure out what the fuck is going on. Telling him to put his hands up because they're going to arrest him, whatever. And he turns around, has the gun, 
But instead of shooting the cops, he puts it in his mouth and shoots himself before the officers can, like, fully apprehend him or disarm him. And he basically killed himself. We can see the blood come out from the back of his head. So um, that's kind of, like, intense and unexpected considering what we see in the beginning. And, and you know what may be the most shocking part of this movie? Mm-hmm. It's not, but it could be. The movie continues from there. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes back to tie to the beginning a bit and kind of set up for yeah, but what I we just can feel see like it, part two. It continues. That's not the part that bothers me much, but yeah. Okay, go ahead, Kim. Sorry. And then we, the cops kind of see, you know, what the body of Vicky and realize that she's still breathing. And they kind of make these faces implying that there's something not right about whatever it is that Art did to her. And so she's breathing and then it shifts to a later scene where Art's body is in a morgue. And there are other bodies of the deceased victims as well. And the medical examiner unzips the body bag and i love this because i think it's so fucking cool and funny when he unzips the bag art's face his deceased face what we're assuming at this point is kind of frozen into that big wide smile that he had throughout the movie and it's super comical but also super unnerving because like we said the makeup and the way that like his mouth is configured very wide very grin with like crazy eyes And the medical examiner obviously is kind of freaked out because you don't expect a dead body to have that kind of a facial expression. Um, And as he's looking at it, the lights start to kind of flicker. There's this kind of, the radio starts malfunctioning, like things start moving. It's very like a situation that's borderline supernatural, which I find interesting. Don't really know if I like that per se, but I, I feel like, that's where they might be going with the second movie that they're making, maybe, hopefully. Um, not quite sure I feel about it 100%. And when all of that kind of comes to a crescendo, um, the medical examiner looks back at the body and Art basically reanimates and strangles him to death. And then we switch to a hospital um, scene where it's kind of the hallway of a hospital and I believe it's like, it looks to me like a year or a few months after. I don't think they give us a specific date. But Vicky is being released from the hospital after her injuries have been healed. And when they turn her around, um, we see that she is the woman in the beginning that's disfigured and doing the interview. And therefore, we know that she is the one who later on kills the TV show host. And I mean, it's supposed to be a great reveal from the way they do the ending. Which, I mean, I guess it is in the sense that I didn't expect it to be her, but we kind of already knew at this point, so the whole reveal kind of is not as great as we kind of thought it would be. Mm -hmm. I feel like if they left it with art reanimating, that would have been probably a better ending than, oh my god, it's her from the beginning. We kind of already knew that, so it, it was a bit of a letdown in terms of an ending. I mean, but, I think yeah. even if they hadn't, like, said that she was alive, it probably would have been a slightly better reveal. But they literally are like, she's still alive. So you're like, okay, it's her. Like, <laughs> she's still alive. Yeah. I think it's also kind of crazy when we talked about the beginning and how she looked. Like, the fact that he, like, ate her. And that's why she to looked get so to that fucked point, up. Yeah. She basically, like, ate off her skin, her eye, yeah. and her nose. And that's, like, why she looks that fucked up like it wasn't from a burn or it wasn't from lacerations it was from like 
him eating her face. And I think that kind of adds... I feel like if they would have kept her face in the beginning obscured and instead saved it for the ending when we knew that he had eaten her face, it would have been a lot more of like a, oh, holy shit, that's kind of gross. So, I mean, that's one of the drawbacks I think this movie kind of fails in in terms of like their plot twist at the end. But yeah, that's how it ends. And that's the whole movie. And we know there's going to be a part two obviously somehow yeah off is alive i feel like the morgue scene was added because they knew there's going to be a part two where they were going to try you know yeah which makes sense i mean uh yeah i have no problem with supernatural clowns i want to i want to make that (laughs) apparent right away shout out to killer clowns from outer space yeah shout out to any supernatural clown i'm a fan but (laughs) i feel like if they were going to pull that route they should have shown us something else earlier yeah it's a little weird for it to be the second movie that shows the supernatural part. Or, like, the second one might just continue. I really think it was more of a budget film they never expected to get a sequel to, and they're going to do whatever mm-hmm. the hell they can now. Like, I don't think they had franchise planned with the $12 they made this movie with, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it, there's a lot of horror movies that the first movie does not live. Like, Friday the 13th is the best example. Friday the 13th does not have any opening for a sequel whatsoever, but they fucking did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy they mm-hmm. did, so I'm <laughs> I'm more than open to it, you know? Agreed. That's fair. Do we have any final thoughts? Y- Actually, yeah. wait. Kim. Yes. Do you find the clown hot? Yeah, that I was going to ask that too. I find it pretty cool looking. I think they did, like, a really good job of, like, building a character that is as off-putting but not egregious and i think that is how i'm not gonna put him at the same level as like obviously other horror legends are but it's what makes it really memorable like he's a standout as far as like low budget films and i guess in a sense like besides maybe big budget movies like the conjuring like horror characters that in the modern time of horror i remember and i think people really remember and when this movie became a really big hit in 2018 um in october it was because of him like you said you've seen someone that has like pins of his face like they've made like merch and pictures of using his face and i think they did a really good job again of simplicity when it comes to creating a character that is realistically haunting you don't have to do extra stuff to like make someone look grotesque there are ways to do it in a way that seems really natural but also still scary so i think he looks really really cool like i i definitely think they did a really great job with creating a character i think that's the one biggest takeaway from this movie is that they were able to create a character that's so memorable and yeah. really cool for such a low budget movie he carries on yeah. however you never said no i just want to make that clear right now aj asked directly if you were attracted to the clown and oh, you no. never said no. He's just okay. cool looking. <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> just no, no was ever said until then. No, he's just like really cool looking. Like I really fuck with like how they made him look. Like I would buy merch with his face on it. I think it's really fucking cool. Like he's not he's not attractive because that's not his characterization. Like there's nothing about him that's attractive. I don't. I'm not scared of clowns. I think clowns are pretty cool. Like scary clowns. Like he's not Pennywise, obviously. Um, we're not going to talk about Pennywise. Do I think it's attractive? I will. That's another question for a later time. Oh, but no, that's a yes. It when just to figure that out, when when we're looking at like clown comparisons in the modern age, I think when you compare him to other famous clowns like Pennywise, he almost reminds you a bit of like a mix of the original Pennywise and the new one. 
the original was very basic and simplistic in his clown outfit. And I mm-hmm. think or art's mime aesthetic is very simplistic. But when we get to the makeup and the vibe, I think it's very much how, like, the new Pennywise is very, like, dirty and grungy. Mm-hmm. Not grungy, but, like, dirty. And, like, we know that he's an evil character. Like, he looks very demon, yeah. demonic. Like, there's a vibe to him that's very unsettling. And I think he's kind of a mix of those two kind of characteristics. So I, I, think, I just think he's a really cool character. Absolutely. I think art benefits by the opening scenes also being him putting on the makeup and stuff. So you mm-hmm. know that he's like a person and his costume isn't professionally made or anything. Or like, I'm sure it is, but it's aesthetically, it looks like a Halloween costume. Like it looks like yeah. it's all stuff you could have found. And like, that's super helpful. Uh, we never touched on something that I love about art. And I think um, is a massive reason for me liking art. And that's that he never speaks or yeah. makes any sounds. There's a part where he gets stabbed with like, it looks like a railroad spike or some shit. Is that, am I crazy in saying that? Like, no, that's it what is. It, it like. is like a spike. Yeah. And she stabs him through the foot, like blood spurts, like his foot has a hole in it now. And he just opens his mouth in a screen that makes no sound. And it's just like such a commitment to the mime bit that it, it really sells the character to me. And I, I love the fact that art never makes any sound, even when injured. This, it's like, cause Ghostface never talks like while wearing the mask, like Ghostface will call you, but like, you won't see Ghostface he'll talking, grunt. talking under yeah. the mask, but he'll grunt. Exactly. But, but when you hit him, he'll, oh, you know, yeah. art doesn't do any of that. Yeah. It, it is very, very cool. And again, he communicates through his mannerisms, like his facial expression. So I think it's really, really cool. Like mm-hmm. in, in terms of like, you know, wearing a mask, like Michael Myers and Jason, you know, they're impassive because you can't see what their actual face is looking at. And that's what's haunting about them. But in this case, you see the face and the face is how he speaks. And I think that is also on a different end of also being very like unsettling and haunting. I think it was really fucking cool. Again, kudos to David Howard because he did a really fucking good job in this role. Like, it, 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 he did an incredible job in acting. I hope he makes a mint in the second one. I hope he's. Yeah. I hope. I hope he's a quarter of the budget for the second movie. Like, yeah, he did really great. Yeah. Should we wrap it up and go to final thoughts? Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? You can go, I, I hate this movie. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like Art the Clown. I think he's interesting. I liked when he was on the tricycle. Yes. I thought that was cool. Um, But that's about it. I really hated the part where the vagina got sawed in half. That was really disturbing. I love that sentence. I love that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) And I disliked most of it. Um, I'm a very character-driven person, and all these characters suck. So... That's my final thoughts. I agree with AJ wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think this movie's shit, but art is fantastic. I think that's like the, the great way for me to summarize it. I think the gore is really good and the gore has really standout moments. Um, but I would love to watch like a 40 minute cut of this movie. I think it would be really, really entertaining, if not a little intense. Um, I certainly think it's, it's past surface level as far as taste. Like we're going into like gore films now. Like we're going into a bit more like genre stuff that's less accessible. <sighs> um, it's certainly not a movie like Kim says that I would just put on for a fun time. <laughs> it's more of a, <laughs> oh, you want to watch something? Like if my sister were to come down and, and she was at my apartment, I'd be like, oh, you want to see something fucked up? 
like and like that's like the intro to watching terrifier not like ooh, let's put on something (laughs) fun spooky let's throw on terrifier but um yeah i think i dislike the movie but like art the clown and he stands on his own and this movie has its redeeming portions for sure i like kimberly um i think this movie (laughs) obviously was my pick so i definitely enjoy it um i think it just has the basic formula of like gore movies it's a stock and may movie um you're obviously not coming here for the plot and you're not coming here for the characters it's not that kind of movie um but it definitely has a bit of spice in terms of dismemberment which if that's your vibe like it is mine this fucking movie kills it um it has a few overdone tropes i will say you know a clown obviously is not anything new halloween night also isn't very new either um but i think in terms of being a low budget movie it kind of strikes gold in having that kind of gore formula that really, and I, I guess I should say slasher formula as well, that is just really simplistic, that it makes it really entertaining. Like, you get violence, you get um, some really great shots of, like, gore that's really well done. Shout out to Alana Alana Rose, who was the primary special effects makeup artist of this movie, um, who obviously did a very good job. and obviously The second hero. The second hero of this movie. Number one goes to art, and second goes to the special effects. Like, Yeah, they did a really good job. Obviously, when you get a low-budget movie, you know, you have to kind of mediate your expectations um, and know what a low-budget movie means. You're going to get dialogue that's not that great, acting that's maybe not that great, and lighting in this movie was a big issue, too. The yes. lighting kind of threw off a lot of what could have been atmospheric tension, and we didn't really get a lot of that because of how bright and or natural lighting they used. Um, so it kind of took that away, but I think it's very digestible in the sense that it's something you could watch and you don't have to really pay that much attention to. Like, this isn't going to be a movie that's like a Bloomhouse movie or a Conjuring movie or like a James Wan movie that you're here to see the complex plot line and plot twist. Like, that's not really what you expect with this movie and it's not what you're going to get. So when you're looking at low budget movie, it's not going to be to that level but i don't think it has to be to that level to be entertaining i think there is brutality when it comes to this movie and within gore movies but again to me that's really entertaining um and i think that's why i really enjoy the genre in particular i mean it's gross and it really keeps your attention really well but it also has like really cool vibes if you're really into that shit which is what i'm interested in so i never got bored throughout this movie personally even with the dialogue in the beginning, a bit stiff, but like, eh. It's not the only movie that's ever done that, you know? There's really stiff dialogue in a lot of 80s and 90s movies, so that's kind of just something you have to, like, sit through if you don't mind waiting for the good parts to come about. Um, I think, obviously, we talked about it. There's a fine line when it comes to gore. It's always trying to push boundaries. It's always trying to up the shock factor. But I don't really, personally, don't think this movie did that. I think there is that one scene that maybe if you're not really, like, used to seeing things like that, it can be a bit shocking. (laughs) And that was the point of having that scene. Um, But again, when you're coming to see a movie with gore, you have to know what you're going to expect. And this movie definitely delivers if watching gore movies is your thing. It's not extreme in the sense that there's nothing super, like, intense in the sense if you've seen the kind of extreme movie that I mentioned earlier, you don't have to worry. It's not going to hit that level. But if you're not a fan of bodies being cut in half, 
this might not be the movie for you, but personally, this movie kind of rocks. I think it's very simple, basic, and not boring. I think it's pretty cool. So I think this movie is like at least an 8 out of 10. Yeah, that's kind of what I think about it. Thank you again, David Howard, for your amazing performance in this movie. That's high praise there. Yeah. I love me some low-budget movies. I want to give them more praise because I expect more from high-budget movies in the sense that mm-hmm. you have all this movie, all this money and a big production company, and if you're going to deliver something, it better be fucking good. This uh, movie didn't what? have that. I love low-budget movies too, though. Like, I, I, I love low-budget movies. There's just nothing, like, fun about this one, I guess, you know, in my opinion. I would say that this movie had my attention more than Conjuring 3 did. Oh, without a doubt. Holy shit. So there's that. <laughs> my favorite headline was The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Bored. That was, <laughs> that was my favorite. But yeah, if you like Saw and you like those kind of movies, this kind of has the same vibe, minus the torture. So, you know, yeah. it, we're going to watch Saw at some point because I love those movies mm-hmm. too. So um, I'm a huge Saw fan as well. And... I kind of wanted this as that baseline comparison. I think there's a lot we can talk about in comparison to how they use their gore. So I lo- I really love this movie. It- it's fun for Halloween. I definitely, this is a Halloween movie. If you want to gross people out and really just have a great time, this is that movie to pick through. It's a movie of extremity for sure. Like I get in comparison to like, you know, horrendous shit. It's not, but as far as your average like slasher goes, it's, it's pretty extreme. And like the shock value of that is, what sells too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's less cheesiness in this movie. Like, yeah. again, it depends on what you like. Like, for example, I know people that find Halloween to be very boring. Um, or people that watch Hereditary and Midsummer and think it's it doesn't capture their attention because there's it's not a movie you can sit through and talk to. You have to really pay attention and really, like, watch it to understand a lot of the subtext and background things that kind of apply to the movie. This movie doesn't have that. So I feel like it's very digestible in the sense that you don't have to do a lot of brain work or pay that much attention to enjoy this movie. And that's kind of why I like it, because I get to just sit there and have a great time. Instead of having to be like, ooh, look at that background, that wallpaper, that's foreshadowing to what's going to happen. Like, that's great, because <laughs> I like that shit too, but when I'm in the mood for that. Sometimes you just want a good old-fashioned movie where like people get hacked and that's pretty fucking amazing and that's what i want <laughs> and this movie is one of those movies like like hills have eyes you know i just want to see people get fucked up and this is that kind of movie so <laughs> if uh, that's your vibe this movie definitely does a really good job no brain horror movies are my specialty but usually the vaginas stay in one piece <laughs> that's, <laughs> Thank just, God. that's just all i gotta say is that typically... I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, in gore movies, there is a lot of misogyny. But I will point out, this was a very female-heavy cast. Um, same with the makeup artist is also a female. So I think mm-hmm. there's some credit due when it comes to the casting. But that is a double-edged sword. Okay. Like, you want to see women in horror, but you don't want to see women getting brutally killed in horror. It kind of becomes a double-edged sword with this sort of um, conversation yeah. on the misogyny within gore movies. But honestly, that's that's a little bit, that's a lot. I can write a whole fucking paper on that shit. But again, at the end of the day, this is for entertainment and enjoyment. And I don't think it takes it that, that far compared to other movies so i don't think you know you have to really come in with that mindset of like oh this movie is misogynistic i don't think so but i think the genre can be and i think it can be interpreted as such if that's how you want to look at this movie but if you're like me and watch this on very face value and want to come here for just a good time 
you can also do that too. Just like with Saul. I'm here for a good time. I'm not here to give a shit about the plot. I want to see people get their eyes gouged out. I would like to see it. Um, and that's what this is. So. <laughs> Holy shit. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> do you have last thoughts, AJ? Any last words on this movie before we move on? No. No? Okay. No. I think I've covered everything I want to say. Mostly that I think it's rude that they cut a vagina in half. It's hard to get past that. I will say that is the. I think it's pretty uh, memorable. When you watch Midsummer, it's like you got to get past the part where. Well, I guess you got to get past the nudity at the end too, because that is kind of crazy. But you got to get past the cliff jumping scene and move on. This is a lot worse than the cliff ju- tra- jumping it scene. Really as far as, it really is. It really is. You got to get through this portion. Um, I I had a new coworker that came and we were talking about movies at lunch, and he was like we brought up like what's the worst movie we've ever seen and he was like midsummer midsummer was the worst movie i've ever seen in my life and i was like oh <laughs> just, like, <laughs> trying, just like okay but at the same time i respect the fuck out of that opinion it's like yeah it's yeah. not for everybody uh anyway yeah uh, what a pussy <laughs> <laughs> all right well oh, thanks shit. for listening you can follow us on social media at spooky drunk pod on twitter and instagram and on do we want to pitch the TikTok too? <laughs> There's nothing on uh, there. There's nothing on there. Slashes and spirits. Slashes and spirits on TikTok. There is well. one video on there. Mm. Uh, one video. Next week, Kim is going to read aloud the Willy's Wonderland prequel comic that's coming out. <laughs> She's For gonna, all of us to listen to. If she doesn't do character voices, we're going to make her restart every time she forgets a voice or doesn't do them. So it could be a long one. Um, but until then. I've been Aaron. I've been AJ. I'm Kim. And I'm scared of commitment, so I'm not going to say I love you. Bye.